Okay, people, coming up on Just for Sport, I give props to Daryl M. Davis. In true Props Network spirit, he bet on himself, leaving the corporate world to start his own business, the Paris Companies. And guess what? He's winning. Working with athletes like the Steelers, Juju Smith-Schuster, companies like Red Bull, Pizza Hut, Nike, and Bleacher Report on sponsorship, branding deals, and more. We talk about this pandemic and its effect on the business of sports, how gambling can make up for some of the losses with COVID-19, and he shares two brilliant businesses that could change the way you watch content and give back to your community. But first, we start with Haley's comments. Haley and I talk about the changes to college football, the feel-good stories this past week in the NBA and the PGA Tour. She has a great story about Barry Sanders. We talk Love Island, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, and can you guess her doppelganger? Listen or watch on our Props Network YouTube channel to find out. For the Props Network, this is Just for Sport in three, two, one. Haley's comments. Hi, Haley. How are you doing? Hey. I feel like I need to go shooting across the screen. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing very well. Uh, coming from America, you're in Japan. I'm glad you... Me too. Uh... Yeah, we decided to switch, right? Now I'm waking up. You're getting ready for <laughs> some some uh, sleep. But, uh, some sake, Jamoke. This, this is Japan in the evening. Okay, all right. You get ready some sake. <laughs> can I have morning sake so we can, you know, be in unison? That's probably way too early. Right. Yeah. Power <laughs> hour. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. What do we have today? Oh my gosh. What don't we have? Like, <laughs> it just seems like the less sports that we have going on, the weirder the world is getting. And what does that tell you? Like things are just out of whack. Uh, so college football, big mess. The country is so divided here. Um, so right now we know the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are planning to push to the spring and I know that's wishful thinking the SEC might still play in the fall but we need to talk about the players themselves the guys who are going to be impacted the most by these decisions um they're going to lose a season to get scouted if they don't play how many guys are going to end up opting out and just preparing for the 2021 draft what are mm -hmm. the impacts here on the players the poor student athletes yeah I think the biggest issue for me is I think we need unison. We need everybody together because this problem, as you mentioned, goes beyond just the college football season. Whether it's fall or spring, we're talking about the draft. Maybe the NFL needs to come in and say, hey, look, either we'll postpone the draft uh, a few weeks or understand that you may not be ready for the draft because you just played a season. Or maybe they push up the draft to come right at the end of the season if they do get to play in the spring. I also think we need unison because you can't have the Pac-12 and, and Big Ten saying they're not going to play, but then the ACC and the SEC, you know, they're saying they are going to play no matter what. Well, the ACC came out with that. That's how we get the minor leagues. That's like, how we stratify, stratify college football, if that were to happen. We just can't do it, Haley. It doesn't make sense. And I no. think that... You know, you talk about a Rose Bowl. If we talk about Lou Holtz saying, oh, comparing it to D-Day and the Rose Bowl between the, <laughs> like, what, wait, what are you, what are you talking about? But the Rose Bowl would essentially go away the way we know it if they don't play each other as well. I mean, that game is over. The history, 1946. 
here's the thing. We have a lot of proud Americans, as we should. I mean, this crisis needs to unify this country, but we are allowing the pursuit of patriotism to get very diluted. And by saying, this is the patriotic stance to take, you know, we have to have college football. We need to sacrifice X, Y, and Z so college football can live on in 2020. It's a bit of a reach. Now, yeah, there are a lot of kids whose careers, whose lives, whose talents are so astronomical compared to your average show. Um, they're gonna be put on hold, you know, brought to a halt, just their hopes and dreams dashed, killed. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. horrible, but how far can you really take the patriotism argument? Now, the economic impact of some of these college football towns, if this, college football season doesn't happen, and we already know in a lot of towns it's not going to happen, is going to be huge. Think about how many small businesses rely on, you know, having wing night for a game, having like, you know, just the bar open, having like Thirsty Thursday, whatever. Tailgating. Everything, tailgating everything like throughout the week, building up to game day, and then yeah, tailgating and, and all that. I mean, who are gas stations going to sell for Locos to? Four locos too. There's no doubt that this is, look, this is not an easy decision to make. I even get the hashtag, we want to play. And I put on social media, well, the hashtag that should come first is wear a mask. And I put that in context of, if we, you have a mask, if we had worn a mask from the beginning, maybe we would have a college football season. So for any of whatever the demographic is of people out there that are like, oh, we should be playing college football, let the kids play. Well, if as a country, we all said, hey, if you wear a mask, then we have college football. I don't know, maybe if our president had put that out there in March, April, if you wear a mask, we'll get college football. Maybe it would have been a good thing. Maybe more people would have been unified to say, okay, fine, we're going to stay indoors. We're going to wear a mask. Everything's going to be okay. Because as you mentioned, Haley, the people who are going to get hurt, the list is so long. You don't even know where to begin. That's why even the, 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 the college and university presidents and ADs, are, their heads are spinning because they cannot make up their mind what is best for the interest of the country first, team second, right? And if you're religious, some people say God, country, whatever the case may be. We know that college football, if you talk about another list, has to be somewhere down on that list. Maybe not in Alabama, but- Maybe not in Alabama. <laughs> God, college football, barely. <laughs> Maybe. Millimeter. Millimeter. <laughs> I know, I know. It's just, it's so tough. And then, you know, this is spurring a lot of debate about compensation for student athletes, or at least giving them a stipend. Because if you do want to demand that they're on campus, this is something that stands out to me, Jamoke. You want to demand that these athletes are on campus and risking their health, potentially coming into contact with one another. We don't know how secure any bubble um, protocol could really be on campus. Yeah. Are their scholarships going to change? The value of their education is going to go down. Tuitions are going down as learning moves online, but I don't see the percentage of their scholarships going down, but their their labor is still the same. They're still going to be putting in the same hours, put at the same disadvantage, not able to spend in the library or working a second or even first job to get mm -hmm. some money to, to scrape by. 
I mean, this is bringing up so many different debates and that has just always been simmering, simmering yeah. in America, like possibly compensate these guys or give yeah. them a stipend. I mean, I can't imagine life on a college campus with just the team having to play in front of empty stadiums. I just can't. Yeah, an empty stadium, an empty campus, because there are no students, period. And I, and I, I know that it's easy. Well, the first thing is that college football probably pays for a lot of the other sports. But to right. me, if you're a football player and you're just saying we want to play, I hope you are not just saying that about you and your mm -hmm. football team, but you understand that there are other athletes that are also involved in fall sports and will want to play as well. Who are you speaking on behalf of? Because it sounds like in many ways, then you're just talking about you which is not mm -hmm. borderline selfish, but more mm -hmm. just that, do you really understand the big picture? Or did your family member, friend, maybe even a potential agent that you read something online about how this could affect your draft, draft stock, Trevor Lawrence, and that's why you wanna play, because it's yeah. affecting your draft stock versus understanding that all athletes wanna play. Everybody wants to come back to life. It's just not possible. It's just because you're a university. You think you're better than the kids' parents to say, I know how to quarantine or keep my kids safe? I don't mm. know. A lot of people, a lot of really self-righteous people with just kind of off-the-wall opinions here. All right, yeah. can we yeah. go to a happy topic? Okay, happy topic. Here we go. <laughs> All right, let's hop in a time machine. Okay. Jimboke is, we'll say, seven years old, okay? Okay. You're writing fan mail to an athlete. You're sending something off. What did you send? Uh, I sent something off to Cal Ripken of the Baltimore Orioles. He is my favorite baseball player of all time. Um, I am asking him if I can come and throw out the first pitch. Wait, hold on. I'm going to tell Justin because that's, that's new information to me. I, I thought Justin. Really? Okay. Oh, I thought Justin was your favorite. Oh, oh, oh my gosh, but you said seven. Justin now. Serious nepotism. Oh, that's true. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right, Justin now. Yeah, yeah, machine. but but Don't back worry. in the day we're in the time machine, it was Cal <laughs> and it was like, it's oh my gosh. Yes, yeah. and the funny thing is, to tell you something crazy. My wife's favorite player is Alex Rodriguez. And we joke. I remember you telling me that story. Right. Our first son, Taj was born on Alex Rodriguez's birthday. And I said, I mean, she loved Alex. Probably still does secretly. She's like, oh my gosh, she's so amazing. He's no Jamoke. Jennifer, it's like, oh my gosh, like I can't compete with Alex. You know, I don't know, but realistically, yeah, okay. no. It's like, so Cal Ripken is my favorite. Alex Rodriguez is her favorite. And so for us to kind of come together, the best thing would be, I want to just, I want to be on, on as a shortstop. I mean, I was even heartbroken when he moved to third base. I was like, no, he's the greatest shortstop of all time. So it is Cal Ripken Jr. that I would send FAML to. All right. All right. So that extended his career, though. Then I got to see it him. As a very kid. true. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, we're going to pivot because Barry Sanders, imagine you send Cal Ripken your fan mail. You send him a card to sign. It never gets answered. You never hear from him again. It's just a shot in the dark. All right. That happened with about 150 kids who sent letters to Barry Sanders. Yes. What? 
letters and cards and memorabilia for Barry Sanders to sign and send back. <laughs> Days ago, someone found in a storage closet all of this fan wow. mail that was never opened. Wow. And so Barry Sanders connected with these kids who are now adults yes, sitting in yes. their basements listening to podcasts <laughs> and all that. And we caught up with where they are now. And like, it just, it's mind blowing because I can't imagine, I'm trying to think like, I know my mom would write to John Krupp for me and my brother, right? And it's so cool seeing like what these people turned out like and Barry like giving them a message, you know, yeah. now it's, it's so cool. But like, what a class act. Like, it, yeah. Them. I mean, this this sounds like a reality show, a documentary almost, yeah. where you could have had them show up at everybody's home, give them a Barry Sanders jersey or have lunch with them or something like that. It's just so, it's just so neat, especially because what Barry Sanders means to Detroit. I feel like Joe yeah. Walkowski, uh, I wish that he would, one of his letters would have been in there. I know he's a big oh, really? Detroit Lions and, and Pistons fan, but like, he was gone too soon. Like he mm. and Jim Brown should have never had to leave the game when they did. And I'm sure and part of it is they wanted to, but I just feel like, oh my gosh, this is just Barry Sanders is so beloved. And for that to happen, it's just, it's just beautiful. And I hope that there is more that they're going to do with this story. And then, it, and it, and it, you know, it's not just a where are they now, but turning into something where they go back to the season when they wrote to him and talked about where he was in his life. I don't know. I could go on and on, Haley. This is I awesome. mean, this, this article that digs into it shows like these childhood pictures that were sent off. I don't think I ever <laughs> sent an athlete, like, you know, a Polaroid from summer camp, you know, yeah. just, <laughs> or something. But nonetheless, so, so cute. I mean, this is chicken soup right here. So just drink it up. I yeah. Mean, yeah. I mean, oh, that's just, that's just wonderful. My second place would be Dennis Rodman. And I would write a specific letter to him and ask him for my jersey back. Wait, so because, you sent him a jersey? So a friend of mine uh, was like, oh, she was like, oh, I'm going to this party. I think Dennis Rodman's going to be there. I stupidly gave her my Dennis Rodman San Antonio Spurs jersey. Her story back to me when she didn't bring it back was, oh, he took it. And I was like, what do you mean? He took my jersey? Yes, Dennis Rodman took my jersey, probably signed it and gave it to somebody else who's enjoying a Dennis Rodman Spurs jersey. Meanwhile, my heart was broken. Oh, my gosh. My oh, heart was man. never broken by Cal Ripken except for he retired. But, you know, getting that 2,131 games played streak when he broke that, that made, everything, that made everything fine. I'm good with him. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Dennis Rodman. I, I'm so interested in that whole North Korea situation that maybe it was a bargaining chip somewhere. Possibly. You know, possibly. Who knows? Maybe Sunday. Kim Jong-un has my Spurs <laughs> jersey. It's in North Korea right now. A rounder than you. I don't think it would yeah. fit. But it might be hanging on the couch. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All right. Sticking with some happy stuff. The Sun, the Sun Slayers family video, the intro video that played, um, in the arena. So the NBA players are in a bubble. They're not able to see certain members of their family, their friends, they can't see anybody. And that is so hard, especially when you're going through the grind of a season mm -hmm. in such uncertain terms and you don't have the comfort that you're used to having. You know, you have your wife or your kids back at the hotel waiting for you, maybe. Well, that's not the case. So during warm ups, they're standing there in their huddle 
and they see on the screens their family and their friends <laughs> announcing them. And if you didn't tear up, you're tougher than me because I teared up. You did? <laughs> oh my gosh, are you kidding? Like, yes. Okay. Oh my gosh, it was just, oh. And yeah, Monty Williams' family? Yeah, yeah, oh. oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, after Monty Williams losing his wife, you know, and then to have the kids all there saying it, you know, I, I feel like I remember him looking at it and like keeping his head down the whole time because I think he probably would have gotten way more emotional. Uh, I feel really mm -hmm. guilty because uh, I had a little bit of anger or disappointment because Cam Johnson went to Pitt first and they were like mm -hmm. from University of North Carolina forward Cam yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. He was a Pitt Panther first, come on. <laughs> Then he After. transferred and wins a national championship. Like, oh, come on. But it was really nice. I did love it. I did. Who was your favorite? Who, like, when did you teared up at, I'm going to guess you teared say, up with Devin Booker. Yeah, the special friend. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I do wish, I didn't see, like, a lower third or anyone, like, anything identifying. So you had to kind of go back and research, like, what all the connections were. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and that's the thing. That's how fragile I am emotionally. Yeah, I'm just crying, and I don't know who these people are necessarily. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm ha I'm drawing a blank here, but I'm going to say it anyway. I believe Bridges was the player. His mom, she announced hey. him, and he's from Philly and was drafted by the Sixers and traded to the Suns. It was just so wonderful, and to see everybody there. Aiton, I mean, Aiton was a surprise because I think he was the first one who was surprised to see yeah. his little sister. Yeah, his reaction. I wish they would have done the whole team. Like that, I think. But but we know how that works, you yeah. know. It's like the starting five, you know. Like you only have so much time. Yeah. And so much patience when the guys are all juiced up and ready. And I shouldn't say juiced up when they're all hyped up and ready yeah. to yeah. ready to go. Basketball, they don't juice. I don't know if it would have worked out. Justin Maybe doesn't they... juice either, by the way. Justin's mm -hmm. just all muscle and strength. Oh gosh, like I was thinking about that. I, I feel like that would distract Justin. I, I would... <laughs> what? Really? We had, I think we had like one game. We had like Bark in the Park and like a dog video. Like our dog was on the Jumbotron. Yeah. And I was like nervous. I was like, Justin's going <laughs> to. <"Hey, laughs> He's trying to concentrate. He's he blinders on. But nonetheless, yeah. even like at the game, so I'm worried about Jimmy like yelling out to him. And yeah. Yeah. Because I'm sure he can, you know, he could almost hear him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that was so Thanks. wonderful. Maybe, okay, we'll go to the next topic. I could go on about this, but I wish maybe like when the players were subbed in, you could have said their names or something. But shout out to everybody in game presentation. Our good friend Chelsea Flew is down there in the bubble. Yeah. Uh, she has been shining. And at first, I think they were going to have her do some wizard stuff only, you know, but now yeah. she's going through the rest of the, the, for her. To the finals. So I'm happy nice for her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and glad we know she's safe in the yeah, world. We're worried safe. about all of our yeah. friends in the yeah. world, and we know she's she, safe in the bubble. She used to guide our ship on the Amex show. Chelsea, there we go. special oh, in our heart. The good yeah. old days. Yeah. I can still hear <laughs> voice in my ear. Yeah, the most no, it, voice. It, it is. It really is. I'm on the verge of a panic attack <laughs> because of COVID. Chelsea, can you count me down here? Yes, yeah. How much time do we have in the back? <laughs> Chelsea. Just to record it. Yeah, All yeah. Right. Golf. Golf. We got to talk about golf. Do you okay. love it? Someone says that there's a second coming of Tiger Woods. Do you love that, Jamuka? I hate it. 
<laughs> with a passion. We could go down the list, another long list of players that were like, oh, they're the next Tiger Woods. Stop it. Don't do that. Just let Colin Morikawa enjoy his win and leave it there. Did you know who he was before he won the PGA Championship? No, I, I, I did not. I did not. But I mean, golf is having a moment. Golf is, uh, first of all, so cool for this kid. Yeah, yeah. He got a tweet from Jack Nicholas, and that man is just cooler than ice. Mm -hmm. I think you were there once. We, um, I did a story on Jack Nicholas. He had um, a benefit. He and his wife do a lot of charity work in the DC area because yeah, he's that yeah. golf course great yeah. farm. Yeah. And oh my gosh, I have never like. I don't think I get starstruck, but like you did. <laughs> Roger Clemens was there, but I was like, but Jack Nicholas is <laughs> the he's bear. Like, he's got a presidential air about him. And, yeah. and it's like, you know, everyone's turning. No one turns their back to the queen. No one turned their back to Jack. Jack, right? <laughs> Jack Nicholas tweeted at Colin Morikawa, his, his congratulations. So only Tiger, Rory McIlroy, and Nicholas have won a championship at the age of 23. So yeah. good company. I think it's it's great company, great company. <laughs> I just, we are in, and maybe we are not in the era. Maybe I don't know what it was like back then and paying attention when I was a kid, but I feel like yes. we anoint people too early these days. We, sure. we prop them up before they have a chance to be who they're going to be. Even in the LPGA, Michelle Wee. Oh my gosh, the talk that she was the Tiger Woods of the LPGA and she's going to yeah. revolutionize the game. And yeah. not that she hasn't, you know, had a solid career, but has she been the Tiger Woods on the LPGA, in LPGA? No. I mean, where we go? Rory McIlroy. I hope for the sake of her love life that she hasn't either. Yeah, very <laughs> terrific. Oh, good one, Ailey. Good one, Ailey. I mean, you know, we could go down a list from Rory McIlroy to uh uh dustin johnson uh bruce kefka all of these players mm. that we have all said that they are going to be the next tiger or that this group of young before, players like, Schnedeker, someone like, like just everybody yes everybody. anybody Ricky anybody Ballard. who's young and wins a major you're just like oh yeah they're going to be the next tiger stop it just stop it yeah Poor kid, don't don't even build a ceiling for him. Let him set his own ceiling. Yeah, you know, no precedent, all right. Well, because because um, you said it right, right. Look, Jack Nicholas to Tiger Woods. It just doesn't happen that fast. They are generational, <laughs> special, unique players. You cannot the next day say that someone else is going to be that player again. And by the way, since I brought up Bruce Kepka, I'm glad he lost. He was trash talking, destroying his boy, Dustin Johnson, saying he only won one major. And then he bombed on Sunday. That's what you get. It's okay, real I'm good done. stuff. Yeah, real, real good, good, real good. Stuff. WWE type drama on the golf course. Um, so yeah, golf is seriously having a moment with like young and Here's the thing. It's not forced, the excitement surrounding golf, because we have all this easy betting. You can do it from your couch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Golf's Network plug right there. <laughs> um, and, like, these amazing graphics. You had Tori Smith, a former colleague and friend of both of ours mm -hmm. from Monumental Sports, who's now with PGA. You had him on the podcast when, like, in yeah. March talking yeah. about – Yeah, third podcast was with Tori Smith talking about the tour and what was going to happen yes. in the future. Uh, and he's so interactive. Yeah, 
And I mean, they have, they have to, but then I feel like I said tennis, but golf is probably the next best one to, to be social distance. I mean, they're, they're fine yeah. now outside of, they can't bring sponsors and stuff and have all of these people there, but yeah, yeah. golf is going to. Well, okay. So it's August right now. And we know that the masters late fall isn't going to have any spectators. Um, I mean, it's pretty much a given, but to this early in the game call off, having spectators it's it's kind of a dagger when people yeah. are still looking out hope for college football um i don't know how you would even socially distance a crowd at a golf tournament i think you'd have to have those hockey like barriers which i know is ridiculous but you know the boards and the glass and then in between holes you'd have to have like a right a tunnel like a little bubble that the yeah. players walk through from hole to hole that might be the only way, but a yeah. tournament like the Masters, like I put on the rundown and, and I said, you know what, I shouldn't do that. Uh, we'll check in with maybe the tour junkies has a better answer for this, but is a PGA a real major? Like realistically, the yeah. only one where you're sad is really US Open and the Masters and maybe the, Open, the, the British Open are the three where it's like, oh, no fans, that's sad. PGA, I'm just I like, okay. I think I think because of the circumstances right now, because we don't have much to hope for, that I it didn't really cross my mind. I don't think it's ever really crossed my mind that is it or isn't it. But yeah, I, yeah. I think that argument is out there. Yeah, for sure. Um, but maybe those bumpers, those blow up bumpers that you see kids put on and like knock each other over. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And yeah, like people get so hammered at these events like that that's probably good on so many counts because you're looking out for like bodily injuries too and just like a lot of mistakes that can be made yeah. out there on the golf course so maybe that's what needs to be done I think it, I think it could happen you could have a contest for like only 10 people that get to go and yeah yeah, yeah. I mean there's people who would shell out the big bucks who've been doing nothing all year and have that kind of cheese to just money could go to charity out. yep yeah. Um, so some pop culture buzz. <sighs> I'm upset. I'm upset about this. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is coming back, but as a drama. What? No. No, 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 no. It's awkward. No, 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 no. It's very like, how, awkward. How do you even write that show? I am. Um... Satire. If it's satire, okay. Like, yeah. I am blown away by how genius the idea is. But I am also, I have anxiety thinking about how many other shows, it's starting a whole new trend, a whole new genre of these shows. And for the sake of argument, I'm gonna stick with the reboot of 90 shows that are <laughs> gonna have a twist. And I just wanna say that Family Matters did it first in season, while their show was going on, where they had Steve Urkel, and then they went with Stefan Urkel. He was like the alter ego, and they went with like a different storyline. I have a story about him. No, wait. Really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. We pause, pause, pivot. What's the story? Okay, so what's his name? Steve Urkel, whatever the actor's name is. I, I kind of blew it off. So I was in college, and I was doing that MLB gig. Um, and just multimedia like around around the game. So celebrities would come or if someone had like, you know, a big milestone in the game, I'd do like pregame, postgame yeah, yeah. content. And anyway, so I interviewed Steve Urkel and 
you know how it is when you're trying to just get a sound bite and there's people who are just like looking at Twitter real quick. They don't know who the guy is. Like he's yeah. not wearing his glasses. So Jaleel White interview. is his real name. Jaleel White. Oh yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I was trying to bait him, like like the great journalist I was. <laughs> I was trying to bait him to say, oh, I was Steve Urkel. Um, he looked at me like while the camera was rolling and he, I was like, so who did you play? I sounded like an idiot, but I was like, so who did you play? Like hoping he would play along. Yeah. He goes, is this your first day of journalism school? <laughs> that's, that's a sound bite, not the one I'm looking for, but man, <laughs> a tasty sound bite there. I don't want to make myself the story, but right. Left is salty. Like, come on. How many of these appearances have you done by now? Mm -hmm. Are you just mm -hmm. so sick of being Steve Urkel that you resent having to do that bit when you make an appearance? I don't know. Haley, he doesn't have a career. Like, his career died. The second he took that show, which was probably the most happy, the happiest moment he had in his young career. And yeah. he never knew that that would be the end of his career. Because I'm yeah. sure, you know, it's, oh, he's going to be a star. He's going to do movies and television show. And it's like, nope, it's family matters. And that's, I bet you he's on, I bet you he's on Cameo. Just doing yeah, I mean, he's done other, he's done other shows. It's just, it's never, he's never, you know, family members are almost would, a hype. He would do it though. You know how he would, he had like a couple lines. Did I do that? And yeah, yeah. Whatever. He, he wouldn't do it for me. I guess it was so overdone. But now he could probably sit down and make a couple like selfie videos on Gimeo and make a couple grand in a day just doing that. So yeah. I don't feel bad for him. No, but I mean, could you imagine uh, Saved by the Bell having a, a reboot, no. uh, a different world? I mean, there's so many shows we could Sounds go like on. Sounds like This Is Us or something. We don't need that. No. And then flip it around. What if you took a like um, I'm trying to think of a, a 90s drama and flipped it around and made it a comedy. Uh, seventh Heaven. Seventh Heaven. It turned <laughs> into a comedy. Like, <laughs> that writes itself. I mean, no. with everything that's come out about the <laughs> Dawson's Creek. Dawson's Creek it's becomes Creek. like Shit's Creek. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like it's just, no, there's just so many you ways you could go with this. It. Yes. <laughs> It's too much. I don't think I could take it. No, I couldn't take it. But I will say kudos to the guy who started this, uh, Morgan Cooper is his mm. name. I got to go look it up. Okay, I'll look it up later. But yeah, I, I got to give it to him. That was quite creative, though, in the little trailer yeah. they put together. I do like yeah. it. Yeah. Getting some more mileage out of out of your scripts, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to see them do it with The Office. Make that a... Uh... A serious show? A serious show. <laughs> we can go back to Monumental and just do yeah. it. <laughs> yes. I think if you did the office, you could just have the drama between Pam and uh, Roy and Jim. I mean, oh, that would be nasty. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, I mean, that would Wait. almost be too serious, but like the uh, yeah. mental uh, anguish that uh, mm -hmm. what's her. Uh, uh, what was Mindy Kaling's character? Oh, yeah, Kelly. Kelly and uh, whoever, why can't I remember BJ Novak's character, Howard, right? Kelly, right, that, the, the, you know, that almost like yeah. mental abuse. Uh, mm -hmm. Oscar, you know, you know, coming out, like that could be, oh man, we could write this show. Honestly, yeah, yeah, The Office, The Office reboot. Okay, uh, I think you should yeah. put that on Twitter, Haley. You should get it started right now. 
oh, I don't want to put it out there because creative minds will grab it and they'll have more gravitas. And then we get our show. Yeah, that's true. Okay, (laughs) okay. All right, baseball. Um, This is a weird one. But I saw this on Twitter and I just had to bring it up with you while we're while we're talking about weird things. Um, the Astros giant Zach Granke on the mound um, was calling his own pitches. What? Like he was signaling like, oh, two, whatever yeah. two for him. Like, I, I guess that's like his cutter or whatever. Like, he's yeah. he just be like, so the batter like knows what's coming. <laughs> okay. I actually, I thought that Max Scherzer was like the best, just like, I'm just going to come at you, toughest nails pitcher. But I got to put Zach Greinke above him because it just as you're saying, who says, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm throwing you the fastball right now. You're yeah. not going to hit it. And, and the catcher's like, okay. All right, let's go. Like Zach Greinke, that's amazing. Bring the pitch to yeah. know what's coming. Just like it's amazing. I wish we could have Justin on here. Just uh, Justin, what, what would you do with that? Like, I I don't know. That's just so amazing. You would try. You would just you would just swing away if you know what's coming. I mean, yeah. it's, it's so fun. I, There's no nuance. Like I just think I don't know how better you can get with just having like the I'm better than you. Yeah, I mean, somewhat Russian roulette, just like, you know what? I'm just going for it. And I've had mm-hmm. Zach Grinke on many a fantasy baseball team. He mm-hmm. was one of my favorite pitchers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've heard, I've heard great things about both of those pitchers as people. And it, you got to be weird to be an athlete. And yeah. weird. you have to be a different type of person. And you do. I mean, I mean, he's faced both of those guys, and um, I'll tell you, I don't like being in the stands when he's facing an ace like that, because I get a little nervous, because <laughs> they throw the ball pretty fast, and if one gets away. <laughs> I mean, but the bottom line is, Grinky got him out. Grinky? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay, so my Zach Grinky story, okay, it has Zach nothing to do with, like, I think, like, baseball families all know each other so we probably have tons of mutual friends has nothing to do with him personally okay um justin's like second year in the big leagues um he posted a photo of us on instagram and you know you get hate from fans you get weird stuff some guy commented um I don't know what Justin did in the game. I don't know if like he was a Braves fan and Justin like had done well against them that day or if Justin like didn't do well for the for the Marlins who he was playing mm-hmm. for. But anyway, so the fan commented, you and your Zach Granky looking girlfriend need to go 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 off somewhere, right? What? And um for the sake of not triggering our audience. So <laughs> I'm not gonna finish it. But here's the point. Um I read that and wasn't even offended. I was like, I look like Zach Greinke. He's yeah. my doppelganger. <laughs> so I gotta look up Zach Greinke. I gotta up. see. Okay, okay. <laughs> Actually, I met one of my girlfriends. Is like somehow connected to the Grinke. Like they were, they played together, and I casually said, like, Oh, I look like him. Yeah. <laughs> really? I was like, Oh yeah, I look like him. 
<laughs> that's your sister. That's your sister. Zach Ricky's like, that's my sister. I'm looking at a picture of him right now as a diamondback and he's got long blonde hair. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Features? Like, yeah. Okay. It okay. adds up. So Zach Granke, my doppelganger isn't anyone exciting. It's <laughs> oh, not no, like, it is exciting. It's also like Angelina Jolie. Jolie. <laughs> that Greeky. Oh wow. Okay. I see uh, it. I see it. I see it. All right. Let let's let's get you and Zach Grinky on uh is it ancestry.com? Maybe somewhere, <laughs> maybe somewhere. I'll see if he's tree. Got yeah. Viking in him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. A lot of baseball blood for little Jimmy then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you ready for our surprise topic? Okay, I'm ready for our surprise topic. Oh, All right, my secret shame, the show Love Island. Have you heard of it? Love Island? Yes. Okay, okay. Where is Love Island based? Well, it started in the UK. Oh, it did? Okay, it where are they in America? In the UK, but on some like remote island. Um, off the coast of France or something. It's it's the original social bubble, okay? Yeah. Is so it, like, these people come in, all of these singles come in and they're paired up with someone. And it's like Big Brother, there's cameras everywhere, there's right, talking, right. Things, like interviews, there's challenges and people get voted off and you always have to be paired up with somebody. And it started out as British. So like I learned so much British slang. I mean, I watched this all last season when Justin was playing in Anaheim. This is all I did. (laughs) I learned how to say like, um, oh, that girl's proper fit. That bird over there. She proper fit. She proper fit. You want to have a bit of a chat? I can't do it. You're doing the best I can. It sounds Australian, but British, too. I I, I mix the two. So you should be able to do this. Kensington Palace. Kensington Palace. Oh, yes. Yes. Kensington. Um, Anyway, so so we've been talking about leagues playing in a bubble. Well, guess what is coming back to America? Love Island at the end of August. The most important bubble in all of society. In all of society. (laughs) It's a Love Island bubble. Your streaming devices. Thank goodness, because I need it. I need something to binge. Um, But this is disgusting. I mean, people are just like, if anyone's going to spread contagious diseases, it is the cast of Love Island. But um, so here's what I want to know from you, Jamoka. Okay, okay. If Love Island can successfully keep out COVID, would you say with a high degree of certainty that we can go ahead and play any sport season with a similar bubble. Now players can, players can link up and um, match up like they do on Love Island. That's fine. Yeah. But no entry into the bubble, no exiting. Yeah. No, I, I am very concerned for Love Island, which by the way, I was on an island in Connecticut uh, and this guy was like, yeah, this TV show is coming to, an, to this island to record. And I thought that maybe when you were saying that, that it was going to be Love Island. 
but he wouldn't he couldn't tell me what show it was he says he has a bunch of singles coming together and they're gonna be you know uh taping his tv show and obviously doing what knows what yeah yeah no we we went to mystic connecticut and then from there we went to some other island and i'm sorry i cannot remember the name of it which is a shame but you're surprising me with this topic and i wish i could remember where we were and he was like oh yeah it's supposed to be a secret but this show is coming to this island. I don't know what the name of it is, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, here's my thing. And I'm glad you brought this topic up because I didn't bring it up. And I didn't bring it up because I said I didn't want to pivot. But we're going back to basketball. Let's go. The, the NBA is talking about bringing in families and significant others. and Long-standing friends, which I right. love to Long-standing friends. Let me tell you something. If you thought Will Smith and Jada Pinkett had an entanglement, there's going to, oh, actually, I guess the entanglement was with the third guy, too, which I don't remember his name, but there's oh, going to be some, August, yeah, there's going to be some entanglements starting not in August, but in September. There will be <laughs> entanglements because there's no way you can have a bubble and think that there's going to be something happening if you're bringing in family members and whether it's a wife or not, I just don't know. Because the thing is, in the beginning, yes, I want to say, as you're talking about Love Island, if you have the crew and the cast all quarantined for two weeks, they cannot go anywhere, and then they go on this island and they never leave, maybe, maybe it can happen. But in reality, as we've seen with baseball, the, the two players, the two pitchers that got in trouble for sneaking out, come on, you're telling me that no one Ever, ever. And I know baseball isn't in a bubble, um, but the players yeah, like left right. the hotel when they weren't supposed Still, to. Same principle. Me, yeah, you're telling me that no one is going to try to sneak out, whether it's, hey, I just went to go get some food or some wings from Magic City after a funeral like Lou Williams did. Like, no, I just don't see it happening. And even when you were tweeting people being like, oh, that's the end of the season. Now that right. they're going to bring in all of these family members and girlfriends. Just to go to and, a cabaret. Yeah, like, Nope, 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 nope. So Love Island is going to be COVID Island before you know yeah. it. I just don't yeah. see it. That's yeah, you're right. And it's really tough to draw the line, I'll tell you, with uh, long-standing friends. That's what intrigues Yes. It's very intriguing to me. Because who, who are you? Come on, Haley. Are you going to question if somebody says, oh, yeah, Jane Doe. Yeah, that's my significant other. That's what I'm bringing in. Right. And then... You're no. gonna have her leave and be like, "Oh, this this Jane Doe number two this week." Yeah, I'm I'm bringing another Jane Doe. That's fascinating to me, and no one like baseball players are boring compared to like the life. <laughs> really, of the field is boring. Like then, basketball players are huge celebrities, and like, their yeah. lives are so exciting. <laughs> like they date Kardashians. If yeah, you, if you can crack the starting five, like you have a chance with a Kardashian, yeah. and so like their lives are interesting to us. So stuff is going to come out. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe like wives, fiancés are like, maybe if you have a kid and you really need to see her, cause that's so yeah, hard for the it kids. Is. It really is. Yeah. They don't understand why they can see daddy on the TV, but yeah, you know, can't give him a hug. And, and I know friends and, who are going through that and it's really tough. And then here's the other thing. Okay. Now maybe they all have it, but Watching the checking out the NBA bubbles Twitter, they had a video of Dame Lillard showing off his penthouse suite. Mm. That needs to be rearranged because if you're Dame Lillard and 
if you or just any player if you don't have kids you can't have a presidential suite you can't because you can't you, you're thinking me with with my wife and two kids in one bedroom no 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 we get the presidential suites if you don't have any kids you got to go to whatever's the next level below presidential suite if you're a star yeah. like dane lillard and go down from there but i need the two rooms I need the living or yeah. two bedrooms. I need the living room and the kitchen and all of that. With that amount happen. of time? Yeah. I'll yeah, tell yeah, you, yeah. I, I had to adapt to hotel. I mean, you have to traveling with the wizards and stuff, but um, just in video games. And I like to let him video game <laughs> after playing. And like, I pretend that I like to, oh God, this is, this is too weird. I, can I see it? <laughs> okay. Yes, yes, but yes. It's just you and I. I like to build a fort in the, like, I'll have a ship. I would have a show the next day. I'd yeah. have to drive to DC, whatever, and we'd have a Wizards game. I would have to make a fort in the bathtub so I could sleep in peace because I didn't want to leave this trip. I could just see you sleep in the bathtub. No, Haley, no, that's that's going too far. That's no, if you ever saw me like on a pregame show, like. <laughs> My neck hurts. I'm sleeping on a porcelain bath. <laughs> That's <laughs> really. Be gentlemen and come get me. Be like, hey, I know you're having fun, like pretending you're camping, but yeah, yeah. That's pretty. That's wild. I, right, and and <sighs> I imagine being in Japan, you're in a, a maybe not a smaller space, but um, oh, they hooked it up. We have yeah. an American style um, apartment, and their impression of Americans is interesting because they think we need a lot of space. So I've taken advantage. Oh wow! Okay. You want to see how I've taken advantage? Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. It's getting weird. <laughs> this is getting weird, Jamoke. It is. It is. <laughs> what is that? What's the gift? What that's a gift? That was a gift? It's from Justin, a six foot tall teddy bear. I, I don't know. But a six foot tall teddy bear. We have a room. We have a wide open apartment. So, <laughs> so you need an oversized teddy bear because we do everything big in America. That's what they're right. saying. Oh my gosh. I, I don't what, what's the teddy bear's name? Oh, he doesn't need one. I mean, he doesn't have one. He needs one. But yeah, um, so. Jimmy, Jimmy could give him a name. Yeah, he could. Yeah. In due the decisions time. that are made during baseball season. Are you leaving it there in Japan? I don't know. Jury's out there. I mean, what are people going to do with like a hundred pound teddy bear? Um, apparently, you can get inside and wear it as a costume. Wait, wait are that. you serious? Yeah. Well, that sounds like a nice Instagram photo. <laughs> I think you hit get. See if we can get Justin in it, and then get and then get you in it and put it side by side. And then uh, auction it off for charity yes. or whatever in Japan. And then that way they know it's a, a star-born, authentic, <laughs> authentic <laughs> star-worn <laughs> teddy bear. I think that's what you do with it. Because there's no way so. you can bring that back to America. That's going to halt you at customs. <laughs> that, that would look like smuggling. Yeah. <laughs> it would. It would. It would. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, so our okay. time here is gone well. Thank you, Haley. Thank uh, you, Jim. Your, uh, I've enjoyed your comments. Uh, it's Thank been awesome. You.
Coming up on Just for Sport is entrepreneur Daryl M. Davis, founder of the Parish Companies. You don't want to miss his take on the future of sports, branding, and gambling, and how Juju Smith-Schuster became a brand off the field. Just for Sport continues right after this break. It's time to have a serious conversation about your bookies and illegal offshore betting sites. You can get rid of them now. Cut ties. Legal sportsbooks have a better user experience, more promos, bigger signing bonuses, and you know your money is safe. Where do you find a legal sports book in your state? At thepropsnetwork.com, of course. The Props Network only ranks regulated U.S. sports books, and it's also where you'll find the best available bonuses to start using them. Plus, you'll get great content from real media pros like me on Just for Sport. So when legal betting comes to your state, make sure your first stop is thepropsnetwork.com. Remember, it's 21 and over to bet. Do you or someone you know have a gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER today. Now, back to Just for Sport. All right, Daryl, how you doing? Thank you very much for joining me. Everything going all right in your world? Yeah, everything is good. Thanks for having me on. Uh, really appreciate you giving me some time. You're quite accomplished with several different holding companies all under the parish company. You're in sports, entertainment, branding, real estate, talent, production development. I mean, you're doing a little bit of everything and I love to see it. Uh, how do you keep all of the many, many things going at once? Well, uh, you know, being a serial entrepreneur, I have always been doing a lot of things since I was very, very young. Uh, my mom always would say, you know, boy, sit down and rest your nerves. And I just couldn't do it. I was always moving, always looking for a business to start, going back to doing paper routes, cutting grass, uh, working in grocery stores. So uh, I've learned very early the key to, you know, my success has been time management and really being strict about uh, a calendar and scheduling. You know, uh, my dad used to always tell me, you know, first things first, second things not at all. So you learn to, I learned to put things in a priority to best strategize how to accomplish tasks and get them done. Are you sure you're not teaching a class? I need to take that class because, boy, <laughs> keeping the schedule is a lot of work. Uh, you yeah, know, this. Yeah, it like, is. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. Um, Within the sports world, right, uh, how, how does your many uh, businesses go through and into that world and interconnect? Because I feel like sports in many ways, outside of politics um, and, and entertainment, are at the forefront of trying to get back to business during this pandemic? Yeah, it, it's a lot of connection points and a lot of the uh, businesses that I'm engaged with. Um, but it's something where, you know, we want, from our perspective, safety to take priority over everything. Um, so if there is a safe way to get back to business um, in the business of sports, we want that to, to move forward. However, if there's any, you know, cautionary um, things that we need to be mindful of that would hinder uh, sports coming back, 
you know, we want to make sure we're, we're taking caution um, and we're proceeding slowly. So with the NBA coming back, baseball coming back, football has started training camps. Uh, it's still not back to business as normal, but you, it feels good because it seems like it's on that road to getting back to a sense of normalcy when it comes to a lot of the, the business that we do in sports and entertainment. Yeah, because I feel like sports in many ways is the beginning of coming back because news never really went away. Television changed somewhat in terms of being on Zoom, but you know, maybe sports because also being that one unifier that doesn't matter your race, your political beliefs, you know, you probably fight maybe about what team you root for, but everybody comes together to watch sports. Have you kind of felt that way too? Yeah, and I, and I think too with sports, sports is one of the, the last programming items that's live. Uh, we don't have, uh, we're much more in a culture now of on-demand viewing. Uh, so you can view news because there's a 24-hour news cycle when you want to. You can view uh, programming, drama, you know, series, you know, reality TV, all of that stuff is on demand. Um, sports is the one thing that is done live that when you're interfacing with the sport, you know, let's say you're watching at home, you know, other people are watching like the Lakers Clippers game, you know, that first game back. That is something huge and that you can participate in a social media forum with everybody else at the same time. However, you know, if you're trying to watch, you know, another program, for instance, you may not have that same feeling of engagement on a social media uh, platform because not everybody is watching at the same time because it's on-demand viewership. Right, right. Uh, no, you're 100% about that. And I tell you what, everybody wanted to watch when the NBA restarted uh, with the number of games on television. Uh, and now the NHL and baseball, you know, are there too. Are you into golf? Have you been watching the, uh, did you watch the PGA championship or that's not your thing? I'm in the golf. I have not been watching it as of late. Uh, we have been just, you know, working and grinding, trying to get things back to normal. And, you know, we haven't been watching much golf, but I do love golf. I really enjoy it. I actually play golf. Uh, so, but no, unfortunately, I have not been able to get into it. I have been following some of the matches and the results from some of the uh, recent tournaments, though. Yeah. Uh, for the Paris Group, you're in sports and entertainment business management. How has that side of your business been affected by the pandemic uh, in, in, in positive and negative ways? Well, I think, you know, it has slowed down a lot of the branding and marketing uh, deals that we were doing because a lot of budgets, of course, got stripped down and reduce because, you know, businesses or corporations were not um, drawn in the revenue that they once were because of, you know, the economy shutting down uh, for a period of time. So there was a lot of precautions taking place like, hey, we're not going to continue to spend uh, in the marketplace as we once were. So a lot of branding and marketing deals, uh, you know, slowed down, they stopped happening. Um, so that was something that, you know, was kind of impacted the business. Uh, for us. But I think one of the things that has been good about, you know, this has caused a lot of corporations to revisit their business models, as well as our, as well as ourselves, about what is the direction that we're going to go coming out of this pandemic? Um, or is it, 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 
if this is a new sense of normalcy and this is what we're going to have to deal with, how can we move forward um, and, and pivot to become, you know, and, and remain viable in the marketplace when it comes to representing talent, uh, doing marketing and branding deals, uh, interfacing with corporations and their creative departments, uh, doing content for ad campaigns, et cetera. Uh, so it's caused a, a lot of business suits to, you know, look internally, okay, how do we operate moving forward and how can we best utilize our dollar to get the most out of it when it comes to impressions, uh, viewings, and, you know, when we start to do a deal with an athlete or, you know, an entertainer, uh, who is the best one to partner with versus, you know, is not just about brand recognition of this player does X because they've won is, you know, let's take in consideration how many viewings do they have on YouTube? How many viewings do they have on, you know, social media? Um, what's their following like? Uh, what is their engagement level like? So uh, it's caused a lot of businesses looking internally uh, and it's caused us to do the same. And I think we are, are starting to position ourselves uh, coming out of this pandemic that, you know, once the economy fully, you know, gets back going full steam, I think we'll be in a much better position than, you know, what we were before because we started taking on um, more, more initiatives within the content space to create more value for brands to get more bang for their dollar uh, for what they spend in the marketplace when it comes to the, the branding and marketing. Mm -hmm. um, another thing I'll just add really quickly, you know, you don't see the marketing activations that you once did before because, you know, people are not out and about. You don't have large gatherings uh, as you once did, you know, pre-COVID-19. you know COVID So I think the, the marketing activations are going to be moved towards more of a virtual setting, which, again, causes corporations to look internally of how they're spending their money and how to be creative in the space to still get the impressions and the viewings without doing something in a large public gathering to where you have people physically coming to uh, witness an activation. Mm -hmm. And uh, what goes into partnering a brand with a player for an activation? I mean, just to go down the list of some of the brands that you work with, uh, Red Bull, 2K, New Era Cap, Panini, that's playing cards for anybody who may not know that, uh, Bleacher Report, Dick Sporting Goods, uh, you know, there's so many avenues uh, where you can go and put these companies with these athletes. Uh, does one want to be with the other more or is it just, you know, kind of like staying in touch with in the know and, and who's trying to get deals done and that's how you match them together? Well, I think you, we've looked at it from the perspective of, you know, matching our talent with the brands based on, you know, what are strong brands? What, what are strong companies who have strong values, who is more of an organic alignment between the talent and the brand? I feel brands are looking at talent more about, you know, who can help us create content? Uh, a lot of conversations I've had with numerous brands when it came to doing a, a marketing or an endorsement deal, they want to partner with someone who can help them create content, which is very ironic because, you know, a lot of these companies are Fortune 500 companies. They have, you know, huge marketing departments, huge creative departments. But what they're finding is that they have a disconnect in basically being an analog company in a digital world, whereas the talent 
has, you know, been raised in this digital world and with technology and with social media platforms, that their level of expertise using those platforms to convey, you know, their personal brand can be applied to helping a brand or corporation relay their corporate brand. So I think, you know, for us, the talent needs to match organically from a value perspective, but for corporations, they don't just want to, you know, match up with an athlete because that athlete, you know, had, you know, uh, rushed for 1,500 yards or averages 35 points. Is you know, can you help us be creative and create content that people want to view? Because you know, we're not technically, you know, doing traditional ad buys on network TV or cable TV. We want to do content on social media platforms, which the 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 viewing audience for that. The attention span is different. The time links are different. You know, you have to be very creative to uh, hold the attention. So they're looking for athletes and talent in general that can help them create content. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there an athlete that you have worked with? Uh, like, what's the, the longest relationship you've had with an athlete in terms of getting them partnership? And does it get easier or harder? to kind of expand their uh, reach, so to speak? I mean, I think there's some complexities with expanding reach because you, you know, and and again, in today's environment, the idea of relevancy is more short-lived than it once was. Mm -hmm. Um, We're in an immediate gratification market, you know, automatically, you know, uh, the audience is looking for something new. Uh, I would say, you know, athletes such as like Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, we did their, his initial uh, national campaign with Pizza Hut, who's an official partner with NFL, uh, their first year after uh, Papa John's uh, relationship was terminated with the NFL. So Pizza Hut became the official piece of the NFL. Uh, there were a lot of doubters about whether Juju could carry the national campaign. Mm-hmm. So they did partner and bring in Antonio Brown for the campaign, but the focal point was Juju on that. Uh, and I think the reason why they wanted to focus in on someone like a Juju, who was a rookie at the time coming off his rookie year, was because of his ability to create content, his ability to have a social media following that the engagement levels were higher than your normal social media um, you know, user. Uh, and then, you know, from there, they expanded that relationship, you know, several years. So he's been with Pizza Hut, you know, now three years in the league, um, but is now by himself. You know, he is, you know, taking on that ad campaign himself, uh, which is a huge deal because, again, you know, nobody thought that he would be able to do that as a rookie, and he did so well with it that, you know, they wanted to continue to partner with him uh, thereafter because they had so much success from that ad campaign that they ran with Juju. So, you know, the values were there from Juju and the company, but also the company saw his ability to create content and, you know, everybody had a mutually beneficial perspective or, you know, uh, everything was mutually beneficial coming out of it when it came to desired outcomes. So that was one that I would say, you know, has been, you know, really good. It's been long, uh, going on four years now. And the reach has slowly been expanding because the, the first year, uh, it was more about, you know, ad buys on national TV during the NFL season. But they started to realize as well, we can do a lot more in the social media space that does not require us to do national ad buys. 
you know, we don't have to, you know, buy so many spots during the NFL season or, you know, throughout, you know, NFL network or what have you. We can simply do a lot more stuff on social media and get a high level of engagement from the audience um, that Juju has. Mm -hmm. So that reach has been slowly expanding uh, ever since he's gotten the lead. Yeah, definitely. Even on social media, I feel like he's really increased his presence, you know, in trying to get his brand up there too. Uh, How often do you have to kind of like stay in touch with someone like Juju? Is it a a weekly thing that you're kind of letting them know how things are going or once the deal is done, you know, you kind of let that, it take its course and and maybe check in once in a while? Oh no, this is like, very much a relationship um we we stay in contact with our our clients um on a weekly basis typically probably even multiple times per week um and, and especially after the deal gets done we want to make sure that you know not only do you know our side or the clients that we represent fulfill the obligations of the contract we want to ensure that you know, the partner whom we're entering the contract with is fulfilling their obligations. Mm -hmm. So we are very engaged in, you know, what happens when it comes to production days, what happens on site for production. Um, You know, if you're doing a commercial, when it comes to content, you know, um, the filming of said content, you know, when is that content going to be uploaded and making sure it's uploaded properly into the proper platforms um, that we don't miss any deadlines. you know, whoever needs to view and approve said content pieces, you know, are engaged. And I think that that helps out a great deal because, you know, not only does it help our clients uh, be more successful, but it also gives the corporations that, you know, our clients engage with a sense of um, skin in the game. They feel that you are, in, you know, are, are in it with them. And you're really helping and doing your best to make sure that whatever it is that you're doing in that contract, you're trying to make sure that they're successful uh, with those initiatives. And so it it becomes something that's, you know, again, mutually beneficial. Okay. Got to work to get Juju on this podcast too. Maybe we'll get that down the road. Who knows? I know I'm not big enough for this yet, but I'll get there. Uh, One (laughs) of the, you got this quote on your website, you can't steal second base and keep your foot on first base. It's by a quote by Frederick B. Wilcox. Sports is changing. They have kept their foot on first base in saying, at least in the United States, that is. We are not partnering with any kind of betting uh, sports book. Well, now they're trying to steal second and go after a $60 billion business. How, as a business person, entrepreneur yourself, uh, just like salivate at the thought of doing partnerships with, you know, these billion dollar uh, sports books. But at the same time, there has to be a separation between the two uh, to kind of keep the integrity of the game. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that that becomes a very complicated question. I think it's very you know, appetizing for a business like ours for, for looking at the, the, the value of that industry and what partnerships can come from that industry with talent and with athletes. But the question becomes, what are the, what are the restrictions? Because the integrity of the game is first and foremost. You know, so when, when engaging in that particular type of partnership, um, 
what is it that, you know, said business would want from athlete? And, you know, does it, you know, if that business or, you know, you can be a sports book, but it may be something that is not an official partner of the NFL and NFLPA or the NBA, NBPA, or, you know, Major League Baseball, you know, so therefore you as a, as a, as a representative has to then go and talk to the leagues and, you know, the players association and make sure that you are not engaging your client into something that violates a rule um, when it comes to, you know, the leagues. So, I mean, you know, the, the industry is huge. There's going to be opportunity there. I mean, you've seen like it definitely um, like NFL with DraftKings and FanDuel, uh, but now it's going even further from the fantasy perspective. Um, that was just like the beginning, but now to, like you said, actual sports books and actual gambling, you know, casinos. Um, I'm still interested to see, you know, I kind of take the, you know, new uh, smartphone approach to it. I yeah. want it to come out. I'll, I'll see what all the bugs and the kinks are first, and I'll <laughs> let somebody else experience that. And then yeah. after seeing what it looks like, then we'll jump in uh, because we'll have more research. But the question is, you know, I'm typically not the one that pushes our company to do something first uh, because there's always kinks and bugs with everything. And we want to make sure our clients don't get caught in, in the middle of something uh, that could have been avoided. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that – that's the tough part. I mean, I think uh, from uh, the, you know, uh, Pat, uh, gosh, uh, Donahue, the NBA referee uh, who, you know, basically was fixing games. Obviously, we can go all the way back to Shoeless Joe Jackson. Um, but I think for a player, especially, you know, you think of wide receivers, Juju Smith-Schuster, hey, I need my receptions. I need my touchdowns. And it's just interesting, at least from a, fan, a daily fantasy standpoint, to think that, oh, I need my touchdowns, you know, not just for me in my career, but also so all the people who pick me in daily fantasy can get their, get their points and money too. Like it, it, it's a lot of uh, tentacles and places where it can go. Uh, and then I also think about, uh, you talk about branding and uh, putting, could you see MGM or uh, a DraftKings on an NFL jersey someday or, or NBA jersey. I know they have a partnership already uh, in terms of content online, but getting to a point where it's almost like English Premier League, where you see these companies right, you know, smack dab on the front of their jerseys. And I know MLS does it already too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I could definitely see that. You know, again, it's just a matter of making sure, I think from the league's perspective with the teams, it's going to be, you know, how do we make sure that we keep the integrity of the game front and center and make sure that that is the most important thing, that we're not losing sight of that while pursuing the economic benefits of this new industry that we have, the doors open for us. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that that's going to be one of the key things, but I can definitely see that because you know, you see other opportunities when it comes to sponsorships and logo placements. Um, they're trying to, again, it's the economics. They're, they're focused on the economics, but I think just with gambling, the integrity of the game comes forward a, a lot more than any traditional probably brand partnership. So if the, the respect of sports league keeps that first and kind of maybe puts in some, some parameters 
some stop gaps to ensure the public, uh, the viewing audience, the, the, the gambling audience as well, that, you know what, there's integrity here. Uh, it can work. Mm-hmm. Definitely it can work. If you are a brand and there, you know, there are no fans in the stands. Uh, and I think that TV uh, becomes even more paramount for a brand to get visibility. Uh, what do you think it will do to the leagues and brands uh, looking ahead in the short-term future if there are no more fans come next season? You know, it's one thing to say, hey, okay, just for the short term, we can't have fans, but realizing that maybe that is something we can't have until 2022, maybe. I think that that would be devastating to, you know, the sports leagues. Um the television revenue is always going to be the major piece of revenue, but I think what helps the popularity of the sport is the the in-game experience. I think that that's very important. And, you know, just having the ability to go to a game is very important to a lot of the sponsorships that a team will do locally. So if, you know, Team A and the NBA did something uh, with, um, you know, throughout Toyota, a lot of stuff that Toyota does with the team is actually in-game. It's during the game, on the concourse levels. It's branding during the game. Um, it's providing some type of in-game experience. So it becomes something that uh, outside of the television rights, it becomes something that I think the teams will lose revenue on and, and definitely would adjust uh, what the, the salary caps are because the teams aren't going to be able to bring in that revenue from corporate sponsorships on a local level. It'll, everything will have to be done at the the league level, uh, which could, you know, of course, like I say, could be devastating, could impact these teams greatly in their bottom line. And if it's going to impact the teams and their bottom lines, you know, it's going to impact the players and their bottom line and what they can make, you know. So there's a dip in salary caps, uh, such as the NBA and the NFL. The, the MLB doesn't have a salary cap, but, you know, it could – reflect poorly on the players because they're not going to be making the money that they once were. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the challenges that are coming up right now, that there's already anticipation of a dip in the salary cap next season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what does that do for players under contract right now? You know, do you, you know, I think it's going to present a huge problem, which we can get into, you know, in a second, but I think, you know, that's going to be a problem for the teams in the league when it comes to that particular piece of revenue uh, being lost with the corporate sponsorships, uh, the luxury suites, uh, things of that nature, the concessions, parking, all of that stuff plays a huge role in the income of a team. Uh, It's just not the television rights. The television rights definitely are number one. They're the highest, but um, you know, there are other streams of revenue that teams have that they do rely upon for profitability and that the leads rely upon for profitability um, outside of just the television rights. And, and, and let's go down a level. You know, you sit on a couple of boards at Indiana University, Bloomington, uh, a board at UNC Chapel Hill. You know, they're talking about, you know, cutting, cutting the fall sports and, and football not being played maybe until spring or maybe not until next fall. How is that impact different on the amateur level from the pro level, or is it that much different? Because what we're seeing is, especially on the NCAA level, it's it's a business too. It's not just 
college uh, student athletes playing sports? Yeah, I think on the, the college level, the, the perspective actually for me changes because when it comes to college athletics, it's causing, you know, the, the viewership or the audience of college athletics to reexamine the, the phrase student athlete because although it is a business, I think that there's less sympathy felt for the NCAA because they're like, hey, you're not supposed to be making that type of money off of these players anyway. They're there because they're a student athlete. You're a college. However, you know, the, the major league sports, their, their focus is very clear. We're about dollars. That's what, what it is to be, you know, partly to be a professional. We are about producing revenue and increasing profitability. Mm-hmm. On the college level, I think the impact is not going to be felt from the, the athletes. It's more so going to be felt from the local economies of these schools because you know at chapel hill you know we have a home football game it does a lot for the local businesses the local economy um but i think when it comes to the the, let's say the student athlete it's not going to have an impact on them whether or not you know there are people in the stands or not you know it's not going to impact their draft status if you know they have people in the stands or not what's going to impact you know the 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 fall sports being canceled or delayed until the spring is going to be the local economies. Uh, That's what's going to be impacted the most to me. Um, And I think too, with some of the things with NCAA and the things that they have done and how they've been slow to act, people are less sympathetic towards them. So if they lose money, people could care less. You know, people are just like, you know, that's what, you know, that's what happens. You're trying to drive a business off of students, you know? So, the local economies will be the ones that end up suffering uh, rather than the, the athletes on campus. Mm. Yeah, that's, boy, that's tough. I mean, I think if, if it comes down to a, a, your, the one word, economy, whether it's on the amateur or the pro level, the actual sports leagues or teams or those side business that aren't going to make money when homecoming happens and things like that. Uh, looking at the overall economic impact of this um what are your projections for how you think this changes sports overall or is it a blip i mean you talk about the player salary cap um you know uh brands maybe not spending as much if they're not going to get as much of a return from having the fans in the seats is this just a blip that we're going to get over or how will this change the landscape? You know, you also mentioned player salaries may go down. What are your thoughts if we're looking back on this in 2022 of saying what, what this pandemic did in sports uh, and business? Well, I think, you know, it is going to be a blip, but I think, you know, it is just going to hasten a process that was already in place, which is uh, corporations, businesses, the sports leagues are going to have to find a different way of doing business amongst the ever-evolving technology that we're seeing, you know, uh, their audiences engage in. So therefore, you know, there was already this process in place like, okay, how do we deal with live streaming? How do we, you know, you saw the NFL do a, a deal with Amazon, you know, to stream some of their Thursday night games, you know, how do we tap into social media and things like YouTube originals and, you know, um, 
other pieces for content. You know, they started NFL Network because cable TV was really huge. So what is the next thing that like the NFL is going to do or the NBA is going to do because they started their own, you know, uh, broadcast stations for that purpose, you know, to have more games televised. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's hastening a process, it's speeding it up to where companies are going to say, hey, we have to look at what is the, the new economy now and how to play in this particular space with social media, uh, with content. We're going to have to be more creative uh, on our visuals. Um, you know, uh, you already see uh, some games now where they have the LED boards already in play doing, uh, like with soccer, where you have the, the LED boards playing, you know, ads while the game is going on. So when you're watching it on TV, you're still seeing an ad being played, you know, uh, because soccer doesn't have the breaks like, you know, TV commercials. But I think you're going to see a lot more in-game advertising going on. You're going to see a lot more, you know, social media pieces and content pieces around the athletes and more partnerships being formed with corporations versus, you know, hey, look, why are we buying ad space from, you know, professional league, you know, A? We can go to, you know, 20 players when that professional sports league and spend money that way, probably save money, come up with creative content, have a longer shelf life of that content on their, you know, social media platforms, and we can get more of a return on, on our investment. So I think it's just speeding up a process that was already there that a lot of corporations were starting to dip their toe in and get engaged with, but they had not jumped fully in yet. Now they're going to have to jump fully in and get going uh, in a very quick, quick manner uh, to get fully engaged and ramped up on, again, what this new, new economy is going to look like uh, coming out of this blip. But I don't think it's going to go back to like business as normal. I think this blip is going to cause a different perspective to be looked at when it comes to branding and marketing. And, and from your perspective, um, how are you doing things differently that, uh, full disclosure, you and I have talked about doing some production and content development. You've got a production company as well, never odd or even. You've got a brand and talent management, Paris Creative Agency. Uh, has that changed your shift when you think about how you're going to approach what's next? No, I, I feel like, again, you know, we were already on a, a trajectory to change our business model. Again, this is just hastened that process for us. Um, I think when you look at, you know, the, the Pizza Hut deal we did with Juju Smith-Schuster, um, I think that that was very creative with the content that was done out of that. Um, we were already heavily engaged in, you know, just to, to go back to Juju again, we were already starting to get heavily engaged in esports. Um, he had a partnership with FaZe Clan. He's now, you know, started his own esports team. We did deals with Call of Duty and Fortnite, 2K Electronic Arts. Uh, so we were already getting into the esports space and the gaming space as well. So I think we were already looking at what was going to be next. Um, and then, you know, going ahead and moving in that direction. Uh, so, you know, we started getting engaged with uh, another company, you know, called Drop TV, uh, where, you know, you can, a music artist can, can, you know, post a visual for a song and somebody from their device can tap on what the artist is wearing and they can order what that artist is wearing strictly straight from their device. Pick wow. their size, boom, they already have a cat, uh, an account set up, charges your account and it gets shipped to you in two to three days. So, you know, I think we were already 
on that way of, of getting engaged in technology and seeing where things were going. Um, and so therefore, like, you know, even when we started discussing, you know, some, some production, it was all about content, you know, what I feel to be more non-traditional content. Um, so again, it's, it's already looking forward, um, not staying in, in the space that we're in right now and staying content. You always have to be ready to move the needle. And sometimes, you know, moving the needle means taking an, you know, um, a perspective that is unpopular at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that's part of being a, an entrepreneur uh, when a lot of times, you know, when I left my, my corporate job and corporate banking and said, I'm going to start my own business. You know, everybody said, hey, you're crazy for doing that. But now looking back upon it, it was a great move for me. It was the best move for me. Yeah. So I think a lot of times, you know, only only thing that's going to be able to say if you made the right move is going to be history. You know, in five, 10 years, we'll be able to look back and say then, oh, that was the right move. You were in the right direction. You did the right process. You 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 got engaged uh, at, a, at a time uh, that was very early enough to where you could be a trailblazer um, in this particular, you know, branding or marketing category or how you're doing deals. You know, uh, another one of the companies that we work with, uh, it's not sports related, but I'll just throw this out there because it does deal with sports. It's one of our entertainment clients. They developed uh, technology where, you know, by doing community service, you know, you could get tickets to sporting events. You can get wow. tickets to entertainment events from your device. You log in and you go and you do your community service and you build up credits. And if you achieve certain credits, you can say, hey, I want to get a ticket to, you know, the, the Atlanta Hawks game or, you know, the Wizards game or the Washington football team's game or whomever. And you've achieved that through community service. So it's a way of social entrepreneurship getting engaged with sports and entertainment as well. Daryl, and I love that community aspect, especially because when you think of where we are now with Black Lives Matter, we want more people in the community doing positive things, supporting each other. Uh, Just if you could elaborate a little bit more on that and where you see that going with your company. I see it moving further and doing a lot more. it's a, it's a stark contrast from 2017. Um, you know, just for privacy, I won't mention, you know, companies or, you know, athletes, but we were involved in negotiations in 2018 uh, where corporations were actually wanting to put in contracts for marketing and endorsement deals for athletes that if they protested during the national anthem, taking a knee, that they would be in breach of their contract, Um, which is something that, you know, didn't get a lot of media attention, wasn't a lot of scrutiny, but we did see that in contracts uh, for some of our clients. And of course, uh, that was a deal breaker. Literally, if you want any type of language saying that our client cannot, you know, exercise their rights, then it would be, you know, a breach of contract, then we would say, then there's no deal. You know, you might as well, you know, tear up that piece of paper and look for another athlete. Um, but we had, you know, worked with some of these brands and they definitely um, realized even at that time, the sensitivity uh, for our athletes that they removed the language out of the contracts. But it's just a, a stark contrast from the day where those brands that wanted that language in a contract, if we would have just been willing to sign it um, and not, you know, made us think about, you know, 
our clients, you know, exercising their rights and they, they shouldn't be in breach of a contract for exercising their rights. Now, you know, wanting to be engaged in community endeavors, wanting the athletes to do more, um, take up more causes or social causes. Um, they want to see that. Uh, so it's a, it's a stark contrast from where it was at in 2018 uh, to where it is now in 2020. But, you know, we, we love for our clients to get engaged in, in social entrepreneurship and, and social causes and community activism. Uh, that's really big. I think that's part of the person. You know, they are not just, you know, athletes is not just a shit up and dribble. It is really about, you know, the development of uh, the whole person. Um, and being an athlete is just the component of the person. So the, the social causes that they take up, we, we enjoy supporting them on that. That's, that's really cool. I mean, uh, yeah, because, I mean, to see the causes on the back of some of the NBA players' jerseys, again, with the kneeling, you know, you think about what Jonathan Isaac has, been, has, has had to deal with, uh, Colin Kaepernick for so long has had to deal with, and to think that if, he, if Colin Kaepernick did that in this upcoming football season, that it would have a different reaction from what it had uh, back then. It's just, it's quite interesting. And I also love Drop TV. Uh, I feel like I need to get some stake in it because I'm already saying, oh man, there's so many TV shows I watch outside of music videos. Uh, or when you're watching a, uh, a basketball game and you know they show the players walking in the arena, boy, if you could get some of that gear and some of the gear you see on TV shows, <laughs> Oh, wow. That's amazing. I love it. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you so much for coming on Just for Sport. I really appreciate it. Uh, we talked a lot more than, than I expected and, and learned a lot about the, the business of sports, which uh, I, I feel like that's probably outside of the realm of what most people pay attention to. They just want the wins and losses. That, that's all they care about, seeing their best players on the court. But there's a lot more to go with it because sports is a business. Sports is not just entertainment. Mm -hmm. That is for sure. That is for sure. I wish you the best with all of your endeavors and, and trying to get, you know, everything off the ground and, uh, and rolling against once we get out of this pandemic. Not that you stop working, as you said at the beginning. Your mom told you to chill. <laughs> you can't even chill out. You're just, you're just continuing to make deals happen, uh, and that's wonderful to see. Thanks for coming on the show, Daryl. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Jamoke. I appreciate it. All right, I want to thank Daryl M. Davis for coming on the show, and I hope you enjoyed Haley's comments. Thank you for listening or watching on the Props Network YouTube page. Please share it and leave a review. You can watch past pods, subscribe for future ones on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, and more. You know what I'm about to say. Ciao for now.